it almost felt like I wasn't cut out for the whole journey because it's like, why is this so, why am I struggling doing this? And I realized obviously later on is that it's just because that's not who I am or who I want to be online. Hello and welcome to Talks with Sarah No Socks, a podcast about failure and how it's leading us to success. Each week I sit down on Mondays and share my weekly failures with you. And I'm joined on Fridays with a special guest who's sharing their own story of failure and how that's led to their current success. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Talks with Sarah No Socks. This week I am joined by Jereen, who is a nurse by day and a multi-passionate creator, specifically a writer I've noticed, by night. So I'm excited to sit down and chat with her. She has a passion in writing and actually has built a template for online writers to easily keep track of their writing and analyze their data. Now I can't wait to kind of chat with her and see how nursing ties into her creator career and all the things in between. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. So we met on Twitter, as I do with many of my guests. And you reached out and said, hey, I'm a nurse too, and I'm looking to maybe leave nursing eventually and you know, find my way in the creator economy. So why don't you let me know what that journey has looked like so far? Yeah, so in 2020, while everybody else got a break from the pandemic, (laughs) um, healthcare workers did not. So I was one of those people who, you know, did not get any break, but I still got burnt out. Um, So I tried to look for other ways to kind of know where it's like, I don't want to be nursing anymore, but I don't know what to do. So let me find things to do online. So I kind of came across the coaching industry. Mm -hmm. And I, that was my first plunge into taking the world of entrepreneurship. So I bought an online course um, and I learned a lot of things that I did not want to do. <laughs> so that was my very first um, taste of failure. I did the course for two months and then I did not like it. I hated it. So I shut it down and kind of started from bottom like off the ground mm-hmm. um at that time I was like feeling really burnt out uh so confused about my life about who I was as a you know millennial nurse mm-hmm. and I had zero direction of where my life was gonna go um even though I feel like I have that desire of becoming successful I saw myself as someone who is always a, a dreamer an achiever mm-hmm. kind of thing So I hired a coach for myself because I did believe in their power, even though I couldn't do it myself. And from then on, I, it was really a good help. And then that's kind of when I stumbled upon writing as I worked through myself, Mm -hmm. I found that, oh, I really, you know, I'm getting to know myself and it's helping me. So let me share what I'm learning my journey with others. So that's when I found out about Medium, and that's really where it started. I enjoyed writing, and I was like, oh, I really like writing. Let me take this seriously. So in the past six months, I've been writing and publishing consistently every day, joined the writing community, Ship 30 mm-hmm. for 30. And yeah, it's uh, that's kind of like the gist of it. That's amazing. Yeah, we. I mean, we should definitely touch on and thank you for your uh, all your help during COVID. And I'm sure you're still feeling the impact of that. The stress on healthcare workers was overwhelming. And I know I have been a huge proponent. I still have a lot of friends who are nurses. For those folks who don't know, maybe this is your first episode. I too am a, a registered nurse, but I'm not practicing, haven't been for many years. Um, but I am still licensed and know lots of people in the field. And yeah, healthcare workers were hit so incredibly hard. And the mental health toll that it took, not only just physical burnout, but you know, going through all of that and trying to process every day, you, you try to become numb. You almost have to, to protect yourself, to continue. So did you find writing as kind of an outlet and a way to express yourself and and help release some of that numbness? Yeah, so it literally was my getaway that I was so frustrated with my job, um, the way that I was treated as a nurse. Um, 
so it's almost like I had you know my colleagues but it's difficult to even meet in person where before mm-hmm. I had we had each other to ha- to support each other but this time you were isolated mm-hmm. so then there was no other way so when I did when I worked on myself, I started writing about my frustration, about my my anger almost. So that helped a lot. And it just kind of like, okay, one, and then I became better. So once I started to become better, I was like, okay, how else can I help other? Because this is kind of helping me and helping other people. Yeah, too. that's awesome. Did you take that into your practice? Were you letting any of your coworkers know that you're kind of on this creator journey as well? Or is this totally different? Right. It is different. I mean, I do mention mm-hmm. a lot of um, at the beginning, I kind of started telling other people, but it's almost like, it's just like, oh, it's Strange Little mm-hmm. Hobby. <laughs> um, but it's almost like, no, it's my next career move. Yeah. <laughs> Are folks yeah, so. not taking you seriously? I found that a lot when I express my creativity and yeah. they're like, why would you ever leave nursing? Yeah. I mean, I do know like one or a couple of people who are have a serious business on mm-hmm. the side other than nursing. So that's kind of nice to have, you know, other nurses. And I found someone else on Twitter who was a nurse and became a freelance copywriter, which is very yeah. cool. Yeah, there's not enough of us out there, I think. It's true. And it's kind of interesting to me because I've met folks along the way who do have side hustles uh, while also doing nursing full time or anything in the medical field. I met a couple of physicians in the no code space, um, you know, a couple of um, physical therapists. I know who's a PT turned marketer. And it's interesting, right? I find all of my nursing background taught me so well to move into the creator economy because you have to become so good at listening and assessing and processing so much information and putting it into a succinct format (laughs) for the end party. And that just naturally leads itself to audience building and, you know, expression in the, in the creative field, I think. So have you found that to be the case or has it been different for you? No, I totally agree. I had a conversation with someone about that I think the reason I'm growing so much faster than I have expected is because I understand people mm-hmm. as a nurse. So even though the marketing, conventional marketing is teaching us how to, oh, you need to understand pain points, mm-hmm. you need to understand how your readers are feeling, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, great, I know how to do that. I know exactly how to do that. You need, you don't need to teach mm-hmm. me. I, it's almost like I skipped the... Uh, learning part and just go straight into the understanding empathizing mm-hmm. the person that I want my message to come through which is why I really think even though I have no writing or marketing business background that part of nursing taught me that that it's like it's this is just not the natural way that I do things at work mm-hmm. and I just bring it here yeah I, I totally <laughs> agree it's so it feels so natural Especially when I moved into podcasting, right? Having a conversation with someone you've never met is a part of job in nursing. It is your job to (laughs) evoke trust and build that relationship and rapport very quickly and have a discussion with them. And so it's just really naturally led to things. So I'm excited to see you enter the space and see more nursing folks. I think there's a lot to offer from that field that can bring such an empathetic perspective that sometimes is a little bit of a disconnect for a lot of people. And I'm really excited to watch your your writing journey evolve here. So talk to us a little bit. You said you've been doing writing for about six months and you're publishing every single day? I don't publish every single day, but I do write every day. Um, I think a lot of people get, I tried doing that because I did join the ship 3430 mm-hmm. and I tried to move to each cohort, but I found that it was not healthy. Mm-hmm. And for myself at least, because I understand the purpose of it, but it doesn't work if it's you're working against Mm -hmm. yourself. So instead of forcing yourself to publish consistently, you're here for the long run anyway, you might as well take your time and take care of yourself while doing so. And 
not sacrificing your mental and emotional health doing so. Yeah, that's an important yeah. lesson to learn early on. And I'm sure nursing taught you that you were already burnt out from COVID. So certainly as you moved into something that was supposed to be fun, you, you recognize those symptoms very fast. Like, oh no. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. um, I have a great appreciation for people who can publish something every day. I think establishing those habits, uh, if they are good for your mental health and if they are something that help self-soothe or you consider part of your self-care routine, absolutely. But I, I'm always wary of the like, let's do this thing for the next 30 days, 60 days, 100 days, um, just because of what you just touched upon, right? Like, is that good for your mental health? You have to be sure that that's something you feel comfortable doing. Have you been weaving in mm-hmm. some of your discussions on self-care and recognizing, you know, uh, how we kind of burnout in the creator economy as you are sharing? Yeah, ironically, that's the piece that I wrote about today. Um, I submitted it to publication on Medium, but if, you know, so it'll go somewhere. I talk about holistic creativity, actually, which is like, um, you know, we learned in nursing, Mm -hmm. it's like a holistic way of seeing people. And then, oh, I was like, okay, now how can I bring that into the creator world where it's like you're looking at your physical, emotional, mental health being in order to fuel your creativity. So that's kind of where the gist of it. I looked it up. It's not a thing yet. So (laughs) one of the things I learned from my writing course by Nicholas Cole is creating like different, mixing up different terms that you know and creating your whole category this is how like the multi-passionate creator was mm-hmm. born right nobody's talking about being a multi-passionate creator I was like great um let me kind of talk about that <laughs> yeah yeah I love it and I think the the closest I've seen is the poly work so are you familiar with poly work have you seen them poly work hq no, but I've had, I mean, ever since I've started talking about being multi-passionate is a lot of people have sending me resources. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I think you'll like this person's work. They also talk about this stuff. They talk about being a generalist, a polymath. Mm-hmm. Um, these are terms I've never heard it before. So it was really cool to know yeah. uh, that people ha- have heard of something similar. Right. Yeah. I um, Polymath was a new term to me as well. I just always consider myself a generalist or a lifelong learner because mm-hmm. I got bored when I wasn't in school. Like I literally just kept getting degrees because I wanted to learn and do new things. Uh, so when I felt like I had peaked in traditional schooling and I wanted to continue to learn things, I got a lot of flack from my friends and family. Like you're working too hard. You're an overworker, overachiever. Can't you just relax? I'm like, but this is fun. It doesn't feel stressful to me. I enjoy all these different parts and being able to use my brain in different ways. So I love that you coined the term multi-passionate creator. Um, what would your definition be for folks of that? Or I just define it as someone who is creating different things where they bring their own unique life experiences, skills, and different uh, worldview into whatever they're creating in the online world so I think it's just embracing yourself as a human being and now translating that into your work online so that's how I see um, what a multi-passionate creator yeah that's a great definition yeah. so you talked about writing what else are you passionate about so I'm passionate about dancing <laughs> um Yeah, I learned salsa and bachata before COVID. I took classes weekly to kind of like level myself Mm -hmm. up because that's something that I'm really passionate about. And I thought I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a teacher, a salsa Mm -hmm. teacher later if I learn, you know, become good enough at it. And I taught myself how to play guitar. I taught myself how to make simple HTML websites, web design. They did not speak to me like writing did. (laughs) So there's a lot. I think I'm passionate about learning. I think that's what I'm realizing. Like Mm -hmm. you said, I just like learning, but I'm like, I can't just learn. I need to do something about it too. Yeah. I mean, let's talk a little bit about that because I have fallen into this trap. So I, um, you know, quit my job 18 months ago and I spent a, a great much of that year 
the 12 months just learning, unlearning corporate and just learning and dabbling in all these different things. And like you, I tried my hat at many, many things. There are a few things that I've landed on that I do want to pursue. But how have you gone about that in terms of learning? And, and what does that look like for you? Learning versus, oh, I want to make money off of this versus, oh, this might be an actual career pivot. I think the biggest thing that helped is that writing became like an eye opener that it's not like when you write, you open yourself up for different opportunities because you're putting yourself out there. It's almost like you get to choose the opportunity you want to take mm -hmm. on. So for example, I just talking about my personal experiences and journey, I've gotten into many zoom calls and I've, People have, and as I told them my plans for online stuff, they would offer to be their clients to so be like, great. Oh, now that I get to practice coaching, do I like this? Do I not like this? And then it gives me that experience of like, oh, you know what? Maybe coaching isn't really for me, but I, at least now I know. Now I can mm -hmm. move on. So, and those were all done by writing. Right, right now I have a very small paid community that I call Creator Sandbox, where every two weeks, new creators who have been here for less than a year, we get together and talk about our personal wins and struggles and kind of like what do you need supported in your mm -hmm. journey? Because that's something I didn't have at the beginning. I didn't know who to contact to. And that's just, and that's already, it's, it's a, mo a way of monetization, mm -hmm. right? But I'm not really directly monetizing my mm -hmm. writing. So there's, a, I realized there's many, many different ways. Right now I'm dabbing into freelance content writing. So now I'm looking for businesses who are helping entrepreneurs, creators, founders to help them with the blog section of their business mm -hmm. because I realized how important that is for businesses. So that's something that I'm currently focusing on. So I think it's just like pick and choose really fast. That's one of the things, like, do I like this or I like not? Okay, now let's move on. And if I do like it, then let's move forward with that. Yeah, that's a really smart thing to do. I think I spent a lot of time figuring out what I didn't like and <laughs> whittling that list uh, to be very large, not whittling, I guess, growing that list to be very large of like, I like it, but I don't like it enough to want to make money from it because of the time commitment that would be involved. And then I had this other bucket that was things that I like, but I don't actually want to monetize because that won't make me like them anymore. <laughs> and then the things that I'm like, oh, yeah. I love this and I don't mind doing this all day, every day. And I would definitely make money from this. And finding that is uh, difficult. So kudos to you for narrowing that list pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, I'm still figuring it out, but I think it's better to just put your 100% on it to really know whether you like it or not, because I think that's the fastest way. People miss, maybe there's some misconception that just because I have multiple passion, that means I'm focusing on a lot of things, but it's not true. I'm focusing on one thing at a time, or maybe two or max three things at mm -hmm. a time. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So your focus right now is writing. When you say focus, were you giving yourself a month? How like What was the trajectory and, and path for each one of the little kind of dabbles into the other areas? So when I stopped coaching, I focused on medium writing. So I turned off all my social media and just get into the habit of writing. And then after that, I stumbled upon Ship 30. So I stopped writing for medium and just focused on Ship 30 for 30 for writing for 30 days. And then after that, I wanted to go back into long form essays. So I went back to medium and gave myself the the goal of publishing two to three times a week mm -hmm. in the month. And then I was kind of getting bored. So now I was looking into different ways to what else can I do with writing? So, and then I came up with the idea of the group, the creator sandbox. Mm -hmm. So that took me about a month to set up and find people who are willing to join. And because now it's set up, I am now doing 
freelance writing or looking for ways to do it freelancing and yeah I don't know if that answered your question yeah it does I was just curious some people know very intuitively right like a weekend this is not for me and just know the difference between lack in skill set and imposter syndrome and total disinterest like at your core it just doesn't feel like this is connecting with you I've had some of those where I just literally was two hours in and I thought this is not for me because I I don't even connect with what I'm doing and so I just stopped and to a lot of people it doesn't make sense I'm like well maybe you need to work on your intuition and (laughs) leaning into yourself and understanding so I'm just curious as like how you knew when it was time to kind of flip things were you more intuitive or you know were you going based on skill sets I think it's both it's more like when I I try to really pay attention to the task and activity itself Mm -hmm. and it's like okay what am I looking for it does this feel like work or does this feel like Mm -hmm. play because if it feels like work then it's not a good sign so that's how I found out with my coaching um one of my friends offered himself to be my first paid client with coaching and doing the task of creating a one-on-one program for him, a customized one felt like a lot Mm -hmm. of work. It's like, I'm not enjoying this, even though I really wanted to. And maybe I can go back to it again later. But I think at this stage, I just wanted to really learn how to explore all my interests Mm -hmm. and give myself that permission. And so I was like, okay, I want to try freelance writing. And because I've mentioned to some that same friends that I was trying that he connected me with someone who's also looking for a content writer and then they're like okay let's do a piece and so even though I've never done freelancing before I was paying attention okay what are the tasks involved here and do I like doing it so then just really paying attention to that and so I did the research to submission to And it took me five hours and I was like so impressed with myself. And I was like, okay, great. I want to do this again. It's a good challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot. And so so that's how I decided to kind of let's take it again. Let's do it again. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good process. Do you formalize that in anything? I know you're big on Notion. You don't keep track of it. It's just all memory. You remember what you like and what you don't. No, it's just memory. Yeah, exactly. I think it's all just feeling. I think um, we, I mean, I did take my coaching certification as well, because I really thought that's Mm -hmm. the journey that I wanted to take on. But I realized that even though I like coaches, and I I believe in them, maybe it's not time for me to coach others Mm -hmm. yet. And so I know a lot about our relationship with our with our physical and mental Mm -hmm. health is that our body tells us a lot. We just have to learn how to listen to it. No, totally agree. I know I've worked with my share of coaches as well. And that's always kind of the big, (laughs) the big message. Um, Yeah. So it's good that you learned all of that early on. And it sounds like you have done a fantastic job letting folks know what you're doing, even though it may not be in your nursing setting, you're still letting your immediate kind of friend circle know, because you've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, the friend was the coaching client and then that's who connected you with freelance. What advice might you give to someone who is sitting here saying, I kind of want to do that too? I think my biggest advice is really figuring out things you enjoy in your free time. And then later on, figuring out how to monetize it because it's so easy to monetize things. And I thought it was going to be the hardest part. But now that I've kind of tried it and sold things even though they're in such small forms just the fact that it happened I feel that I can do it again in bigger Mm -hmm. forms so it's better to just do things small and and seeing whether you like it or not yeah it's really good advice I know a lot of people want to uh there's a phrase we have eat the elephant and just go like go full force into everything which is myself (laughs) and I always tell people don't do what I did like you should, you know, figure out what you like first and then then move forward. Very important information. Yeah, definitely. Has there been anything along this journey? Because you're so new into this journey, only six months. Is there anything that has been surprising, good or bad so far? Um, I think Twitter uh, is really has been really surprising. Mm-hmm. The amount of people that are 
doing good stuff in there, it almost like it shifted my perception of entrepreneurship. It's like, hey, actually, you can be creative and you can be doing what you like and you can make money off of it, which is to me was like something that like, oh, that sounds impossible. You need to work hard to make money. You need to struggle, kind of those kind of things. And it's like, well, how come all these people are doing it? So how can I do it that way? So being in that kind of environment really helps a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Twitter was a game changer for me. I spent a lot of 2020 on Instagram and it was not good. <laughs> um, but I, I always tell everyone I found every piece of monetary value from Twitter. Like building relationships on Twitter has led to, I can't tell you how many opportunities, paid, unpaid, just, you know, meeting amazing people. And um, it's really, if you know how to set yourself up right out there, find the right little niche. Yeah, it can be an amazing platform yeah. for sure. Very cool. Yeah, it is. Anything bad that you've noticed? Anything bad? Um, I mean, I think... My biggest, uh, I guess, pet peeve with being like online creators or the successful one, at least, is that people think that you need to do a certain thing. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. So I think what I try to advocate for is like take all of the advice that you see online with a grain of salt mm -hmm. and figuring out what works for you. So when you're telling me to, that I need to publish every single day with no background, with no context, because, you know, you just have a 280 character mm -hmm. to tell someone what they need to do, but it doesn't kind of work that way. So I think there's a lot of a lot of pushing for hustling mm -hmm. that culture. And that's something that I don't necessarily love. But then I guess that becomes my job to be like, actually, there's a different way to mm -hmm. do it. And let me try it on myself so that I can tell you that you can do it too. So that's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the online hustle culture and the seven, I call them the seven steps trap, right? Like the people that are touting, there's X steps that you have to follow for to be successful and do these things. You should run away from those people. That's not how things work. <laughs> As you said, context is everything. We don't know everybody's backstory. How long were they working at things? Who did they know or get an introduction to that maybe pushed them ahead? And so on paper, it looks like they did seven things, but in actuality, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of other things happening behind the scenes. So I think it's really important to touch upon that piece and also the hustle culture. I, I, I can't with the... <laughs> it, how... So you're still working full-time, right? I'm working part-time okay. right now. Yeah, in my nursing job. part-time nurse during COVID. I mean, you have a very stressful <laughs> current, you know, uh, salaried position. Yeah. How has that been balancing, you know, what you're creating with the nursing career so that you don't burn out in either and fall victim to hustle culture? <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... I used to work full time while doing all of this, but then I realized that I couldn't do it a lot. So that's when I stuck to my part time hours and it's been not too stressful. And I use that job to kind of fuel financially my creativity mm -hmm. and also my stories, inspirations mm -hmm. that I touch a lot of fun on my nursing job when it comes to telling my stories. So I kind of see that like, well, I'm here and this is going to take time. So I might as well take advantage of the situation and use it yeah. to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man, I have so many stories from nursing. Do, do you think you're going to leave nursing at any point? Or do you feel like that's something you're always going to have and you're just going to, you know, kind of enjoy this creative side? I think I was in a place few months ago where I was rushing to get out of nursing but now that I've really taken the time to realize that this is going to take longer than I expected mm -hmm. I don't think I will be I'm giving myself two years that permission to be like okay take your time to 
Yeah, definitely. Such uh, good advice there. Are you also saving or come up with a financial plan as well as kind of a, you know, creator plan so that if you want to leave in two years, are you waiting a bit? I saved a lot when I was, you know, not doing all of this. So, mm. and I have a partner, so he is very supportive to my goals and dreams. And he's like, if you really hate your job, just quit it. And then we can, we'll figure it out. But I don't want to do that. So um, I don't, I mean, I save a lot of money. Like I have a, a, a rain fund if need be, mm-hmm. but because I'm already, I'm working towards creating an income, a sustainable income. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm going to quit before then. Yeah. Like to say like, okay, once I start making five grand consistently from my side of hustle, then mm-hmm. I can do that then I'll be more happy or more at peace to quit my job. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, and here, here for the partners that support us. I know I have an amazing husband behind the scenes that makes all of this possible. Like We literally saved for years and years and years. And he did the same thing. He's like, you're miserable. Just quit your job. What's the problem? We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, they're the true heroes behind us. I'll tell you. I that's so super smart. It's great advice. I mean, if anybody is listening to this thinking, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow, I can't take it. What you did is phenomenal, right? You went part-time. You're kind of fulfilling that need that you had without getting rid of that financial security, ensuring that you're going to build up client work and build up that client base and have that financial stability before you make the exit. And I think it takes a long time. And I'm glad you touched on that. It's like two years. It's pretty reasonable two years. Some people tell you five. It just depends on how comfortable you are in your own journey and, you know, where your skill set lies. You, um, yeah. So I think that's really sound advice to let people know. I appreciate you sharing with us uh, about your goals there. Yeah. I mean, I heard a lot of stories online about, you know, taking, quitting your job and starting your thing. And I think it's because it's almost like they needed to do that. Like they had to be successful, otherwise they wouldn't be able to put food on the table. But in my case, I'm not that miserable. It's mm-hmm. quite tolerable. Yeah. And then I just have to make the best out of it because I can't have it one or the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's super exciting, though, that you kind of have a plan. What did that feel like for you when you finally had this realization that you could make what you really wanted to do a reality? Honestly, it was more relaxing. It's like, great, now I can actually relax because before I was like, okay, I have a six-month plan to quit my job. But Mm -hmm. then it felt so much more pressure to do things, right? To publish, to create. It almost like there was more stress than going things slow and thinking it better, Mm -hmm. figuring things out. And I think, honestly, it's going to happen sooner now that I've slowed down and now I have better thinking ironically (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no it's an excellent point I'm glad you brought it up that's been a common theme for a lot of people I talk to some people work well under pressure but usually when you have that kind of added financial pressure stress it doesn't matter how fast you work that that overtakes because you know we need money to survive as much as we would all live (laughs) love to live in a bubble that's like you know we go back to trade and just trade things around. We don't. <laughs> um, and so cash is essential and it's, it's a struggle. Um, I'm, I'm excited that you figured it out so early on. I'm sure you're passing along all that great knowledge in your community. Yes, exactly. I kind of have this thing where I talk a lot of, about money, but in a different way where it's like, forget, forget about it. And then that's when it'll come. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have also touched upon that in their previous articles or things I've actually know. And that's why, hmm, let me try it that way that they're saying. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly enough, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny how that works out sometimes. Um, it's hard to do, though. I really it envy is. people who can do that because that's I've never been able to forget about money. So it's one of my things I'm working on, <laughs> one of my introspection goals. We all have our own little thoughts on money. So. Yes. 
you've you've had a lot of success, even though you're very early on and have got this great plan and you touched briefly on failure, but what would you say kind of your biggest failure has been? Maybe not in this journey, but you know, in your, your path so far. I think my biggest failure was that when I started my coaching program or coaching journey on Instagram is where I listened to, it was a program where the instructor was teaching us step-by-step on what to do, except I didn't agree with a lot of that. And so it almost felt like I wasn't cut out for the whole journey because it's like, why is this so, why am I struggling doing this? And I realized obviously later on is that it's just because that's not who I am or who I want to be online. So I think from then on, I'm lucky enough to learn that lesson that when you're struggling, it's because you're not, you don't agree with something or something has to change. Mm -hmm. So now I take being stuck or being confused with as a signal that what needs to change in this current situation or process that I'm in. Yeah, that's a a great lesson and a hard one to learn. Yes. Especially when you're driven and you've been successful at things that you've tried and you're like, I may not agree with it, but I'm going to do it. And when it comes to creative stuff, man, if it doesn't resonate with you, it just isn't going to work. It comes across as forced. It just doesn't feel natural. And you can always tell people who were like, oh, this person was meant to be a designer, a yoga instructor, a podcaster, a writer, because it's easy and fluid and, you know, doesn't feel forced at all. Yeah. I I mean, I had a lot of jealousy or envy with Mm -hmm. those people who are like, I thought I wanted to be a YouTuber because, and I dabbled into that at the beginning of my journey too. And it just felt like a lot of work and, Mm -hmm. but I had to learn that lesson. Right. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of lessons about yourself. This journey is just a lot of internal lessons on what you don't like until you figure out what clicks. I mean, (laughs) it just takes time. Which is why it's very hard to pick your niche at the beginning and a terrible advice for beginner creators because you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit because I totally agree. So I'd love to hear your kind of expanded thoughts on that and um, what you did to combat that. Right. So that's one of the things that I really hated about the program was pick a niche, pick a Mm -hmm. thing that you're really good at. And I was like, well, I'm kind of good at a lot of things. What do you mean pick one thing? (laughs) So then that's when I realized I was like, I can't do this. And when you're picking a niche, people think is that you have to do it in your creative journey. Mm -hmm. But I learned that it's useful when you have a business because now you're targeting a very specific person, customer, and that's great if you're a business. If you're a creator and you wanna express your creativity, you're not really selling something. So it makes no sense to pick a niche because with my writing, I talk about traveling, relationships, how to save money, finance Mm -hmm. stuff. It's almost like, how do you become a millennial nurse, a creative millennial nurse? Mm -hmm. And you have to touch upon all of that. So it makes no sense to pick a niche. I still, with my content, I don't niche down. Mm -hmm. But obviously, when you start monetizing right now, I'm targeting creator focused businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a very specific, specific niche. So I think there's just a little bit of misconception about the topic that that's mm-hmm. why people are struggling. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to kind of clarify that for new creators, at least. Yeah, I think it's an excellent point. I do the same thing with my content. And I I do it on purpose. I mean, I'm 18 months in, I've been creating all this content, but the point is I never know what's going to resonate. So, you know, if I want to share it and it's some portion of my journey, I'm just going to share it. And sometimes it resonates and sometimes it doesn't, but that's kind of the creator life, right? Like we don't, 
<laughs> we don't always know until you do become comfortable with a niche and that's what you want to make money from. And what you said was very true. There's, you know, a lot of things that we enjoy doing, but you don't necessarily want to monetize all of them. And so, yes, telling a creative to niche in their creative journey that perhaps they don't want to monetize 90% of that doesn't make sense. Like they should be able to express themselves about whatever they want. When it comes to monetization, yeah, you need to have some some sort of language that's directed towards a, a group. The smaller, the better. Micro niches are going to become a huge thing. I'm 100% certain of it. The market's a lot smaller, but this world's full of a lot of people. So when we say smaller market, it's still pretty vast. <laughs> I mean, people still don't understand what creator is. I was having a conversation with my family. So what's a creator? Yeah. Yeah. So what do they ask you? What are you doing now? How do you explain to them what you're, you're pursuing? I mean, I was asked, I was talking about my current journey about the creator sandbox and I was telling them how I'm monetizing this group and they were just mind blown. It's like people pay for that. And I was like, yeah, it's actually pretty cheap what I'm offering, <laughs> but it's just, it's, and then they're like, what's a creator? So are you targeting towards a writer? Are you targeting like who who are who are these people? What do they want? That those kind of thing. It's like they can't wrap their head around it. And yes, it's interesting. Yeah, I know. Same. I um, K. Do you know K? K. He. Yeah. yeah. So K asked a question. I, I did an AMA on Twitter a while ago, and asked me this question in a tweet. So I like to ask a lot of people, and I, some form that I just did. But what do, what is your response? to the question, so what do you do now? And you know, you just eloquently said, and I always say, I'm I'm building my dream life and figuring it out as I go along. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, why is there so much pressure for me to have a professional title and have it all figured out? Nobody has it figured out. They're just looking happy on paper, but <laughs> maybe their life isn't so great behind closed doors. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a journey. Yes, I think it's almost like a favor to the people, to the label. Yeah. It's like whatever makes sense for them to kind mm -hmm. of, oh, it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, society's more comfortable putting you in a little box. Like, yeah. oh, you're a nurse. You, yeah. you do nursing. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't fit that box. I also do these 18 other things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, difficult. It sounds like you have not had trouble stepping outside of that box. Is that something you've always been kind of comfortable and, and known about yourself, that you were interested in many things? Yes, I, I, I've liked that about myself, about being interested in a lot of things. And I mm -hmm. never really beat myself up for not finishing things because I always had this, like, I'd rather know about many things little by little mm -hmm. rather than diving deep which is why i also became an emergency nurse because mm -hmm. i've worked in every single floor in the hospital and i didn't like any of them to be my home so then in the emergency i was dabbling into every single type of case mm -hmm. that it's almost like okay this is the specialty that i do like so in the online world when i when people were telling me to niche down I was like, that makes absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. We're trying to avoid the societal standards of putting yourself in one thing. And now you're telling me online, you want me to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I, it just didn't make sense to me. So yeah, that's why this whole multi-passionate creator is really how it got built up. Yeah, that's such an interesting correlation line. There's so much you can learn from medicine and you know the creator economy I'm kind of the same way I liked oncology and I think a lot of people consider oncology nursing just cancer but it's so vast and there are so many different things that that umbrella takes so I did oncology and hematology and um, for a lot of the same reasons you know I got to learn about a lot of different things had many many different cases presented to me and and really got to form relationships with my patients and spend a lot of time with them um you know because a lot of times they're a part you're a part of their journey for years and years and uh, it's very interesting how there are those little lines that's yeah very cool
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's people forget about their past experiences and oh, yeah. unique stories that it's like, no, you actually need to bring that to the table. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. How have you been bringing, I mean, I have recognized it, but are you, your authenticity online, you just are, are who you are and you're sharing openly and that comes naturally to you? Or was that something that you kind of were a little nervous about sharing online? I think at the beginning I was nervous because now that I think about it, I really I'm, I'm grateful for the experiences I had with Instagram because that's where my journey really started. It's pushing myself to be talking on stories on camera about things that I didn't even care about. And mm -hmm. it felt so unnatural. So when I restarted, it almost like, okay, I'm just going to be as honest as possible about my journey. People can take it or leave it or, you know, and I think slowly I, build up upon that skill that now it just became a second nature to me when I'm publishing. Mm -hmm. I still have that like one second, maybe two seconds out. It's like, oh, should I share this? But then it, I get over it really faster, I guess, than most people mm -hmm. that when it goes out there, it's almost like I'm detached from the results of that published work. Right. Yeah, you're doing it because of the joy of creation, not yes. the results or virality or followers it will bring. Right. And I see that a lot of Twitter where a lot of it's very curated mm -hmm. from successful creators. It's you're almost talking that we need more humanness in creator, like as if mm -hmm. you're talking to real people, because I see a lot of, you know, just one sentences and very structured and perfect where I'm just like here just talking it's like oh this is my monthly you know income this month and it's negative but whatever right yeah <laughs> and it's like it's because i saw the bad side of the industry from a different mm -hmm. industry that it's like let me do it a different way in this industry mm -hmm. and i think people really appreciate that yeah I know I do. I mean, I, I follow the same format. I just share it because it's for me. It's not for other people. I love when it resonates with people. That always makes me happy if I've helped someone or helped them feel like there is somebody else on this planet that's going through something similar. Fantastic. But, you know, truly, if you're a content creator, you're creating when nobody is watching. You're putting it out there for yourself because it feels good. That's the whole point. And, you know, all of these like growth hacks to get followers, all of the templates and share so many days. And yeah, I agree. The, the major content creators, their content is all the same and it's all templated. You know, let me share a quote block. Let me put two words in a tweet. Let me... <laughs> It's, it's exhausting to me. I don't read any of that. Like I just, and I find it a little bit sad that folks who are online entering into this journey instantly follow them and, you know, kind of get wrapped up into imitating, right? And instead of taking the time to find their own voice and figure out what resonates with them. And I think that's just a really important part that you have done very well so Thank far. You figuring out what resonates with you and, and sharing your authenticity. And that's not going to look like everybody else because you're unique. Exactly. And I think that's going to be the market that I'm going to create is that let's help you design your own niche versus mm -hmm. finding your niche because there's nothing to find. <laughs> right. There's just to create because you're a creator. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a fun journey that it's, yeah, it's one of the topics that I'm, the ideas I really hope to explore that mm -hmm. I'm personally doing. So hopefully it will resonate with people. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I'm excited to follow along and continue to watch your journey unfold. I know you do have a nice little template already available, though, for folks who want to get started in their writing, right? Yes, exactly. So this came out of my one of the courses I took. Uh, so the idea is that while you're writing, you keep track of the categories of the platforms you're using, of how many engagement you're getting. Um, obviously, it's a lot of outer data, but I use it more as an inner data or inner feedback where mm -hmm. 
these are the topics that I really like, and these are the topics that also resonated with the audience. So therefore, let me, you know, create something or focus on these topics in the next however long you want. So that was the idea behind it. Yeah, when I was taught that, it's more like looking at which one resonates with your audience and let's double down on that. But I use it more as almost finding a, uh, the middle of the Venn diagram of what resonates with you mm -hmm. and your audience and then go from there. Yeah, that's super sound advice, anybody entering in. And I think, again, <laughs> actually just tweeted about this today, community, right? Your community builder. But if you are a creator, you're building a community online. Whether you have a forum behind it or not, you are building a community, an audience. You're engaging with people. And social listening is part of that. You have to capture all that data. They're telling you what they like and what they don't like. You just have to actually take the time to review that, <laughs> that data and figure out what you want to do as well. Um, and they're not always going to match. And no. if you don't feel comfortable doing it, then you shouldn't. So I think that's really sound advice. And I know folks can pick up that. I'm going to link it in the, the show notes so they can hop on over and check it out. Do you have any parting wisdom? You've dropped so many great gems for our listeners. Do you have anything else you uh, would share if they were looking to enter the creator economy? I think really it's just figuring out why you want to create. I think that's the biggest thing. And how long are you willing to spend in this journey for? Or how long are you willing to commit for? Because it's going to be a long time. And the sooner you realize and accept that, the easier your life is going to be. Yeah, sound advice for anyone. Absolutely. Well, this has been wonderful. How can folks get in touch with you and support you along your journey? Yeah, so I'm mostly active on Twitter with the handle at Shireen Nicole. And I also write actively on Medium. I'm hoping to start my blog, shireennicole.com. And that's just going to have all of the stuff that I'm doing online just because I'm doing so many that I needed to create a hub for it mm -hmm. for myself and for other people. And so, yeah, I'll be active on Twitter if anybody wants to reach out and ask more about how to survive in the creator economy in your first year. Love it. That's awesome. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes along with your little template so that folks can check that out and support you on Buy Me A Coffee. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to uh, continue to watch your journey unfold. Thank you so much for inviting me and I, I'll see you on Twitter. And that wraps up this week's show. Thank you to our guest for joining us, sharing your journey, your fails, and lessons along the way. If you want to follow along in between episodes, you can catch me on Twitter at Sarah no Socks. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help the podcast. Until next time, bye.